Well, here we are again. But I've got some great news. They texted from Iceland this morning. Yeah, they said it was cold. <laughs> and uh, But they're on their way home. They should be home in about eight or nine hours. And then they'll go through customs. And then they'll get to the hangar. And then they'll be home. And Keith is ready for some supper, he said. So... So we'll make sure he has some, and I know Mike will be ready for some, and Kyle will be ready for some, wherever Catherine is in here. I don't see her right away, but uh, um, they'll be ready when they get home. And so uh, I'm ready for them to be home. So, uh, yeah, we talked for a while yesterday. And uh, how many of you watched the meeting in Slovakia? I mean, they had some people. There was standing room only. It was a great meeting. And uh, if you didn't get to see it, you might, we may show it Friday night. We're still checking on getting all the stuff from there. That was a great meeting. My little nephew, uh, he asked me, he got on the phone and he said, why is that man fighting with Uncle Keith? He didn't understand the interpreting and both Uncle Keith and him were doing their hands and stuff like this, you know. And uh, so anyways, but uh, you, you will want to see that. It was outstanding. I'm telling you, it was outstanding. So we'll probably show it Friday night. And if you didn't get to see it, you might log on and, and watch one of the services. And if you didn't get to see it at all, I'm telling you, people are hungry for the Word. And uh, we are so privileged. I'm telling you, he's my husband. But we are so privileged. We are so privileged to be able to receive the Word of God from Him. That's why I sit over there and I receive it just like He was any other minister. The man, I don't know if you understand, and I know he can't hear me because he's in the airplane. The man studies night and day. If he gets something on his heart, he don't just get up here and tell you it. He'll study and he'll study and he'll study and he'll study and he'll study. He don't just tell you what his thoughts are. He'll tell you what the Word says about it from left and right and forward and backwards and sideways and in between to where the devil can't just go in and take it away from you. Now, everybody doesn't do that. It's not just something out of a Reader's Digest. Do you understand that? To where you are rooted and grounded. Amen. To where things can't just blow you over. That should be worth something to you. That should deserve some honor. And some thanksgiving. Because what we don't appreciate, I'm not going to lose him. Do you understand that? I am very, very thankful for him. And I don't know if you understand, and this is not my sermon at all, so you didn't pay for it, so I'm just going to tell you anyway. You can ask the girls that help me all the time. You can ask the guys. I am constantly, constantly, constantly doing things for him, buying him stuff. Doing things. I mean, if he gets me a car, most of the time, it's because he kind of likes it. Do you know my Bentley? How many of you know my Bentley? Jordan, how many times have I driven it? 
once, twice. How many times has he driven it? All the time. All the time. Do you understand that? Honor is preferring other people. And that's not my sermon. Honor is doing things for other people and putting them first. Honor is giving to other people and respecting them. The minute that you quit doing that, you're going to lose them. Whether it's your spouse or your pastor or your boss or your mother or your father or whoever it is. Do you hear me, what I'm telling you? I don't mean to be rude, but every pair of socks, every pair of underwear, every shirt, every clothes, every piece of jewelry. I sit there and I pray and I say, Lord, what's the best thing? And I find it. I don't search for things for me. You honor God's anointed. There's a few people in here that's got that. And they're constantly doing it. I don't want to call out any names. Almost will. (laughs) But you can see the blessing of God on their lives. Every time something comes up, they're constantly honoring Him. You'll see, can we drop something off at the house for Brother Moore? Can we drop something off at the house for you? Honor. And I'm not asking for anything for Keith. I'm talking about your life. Do you understand how blessed I am? I keep trying to explain that to you. But do you understand how blessed I am? Susan and Jill and Laura's there. Have you, what have y'all ever seen me do for Keith? Non-stop. Is it, is it non-stop? It's non-stop. And I'm not talking about me. I'm trying to explain something to you for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't lack a thing. I lack not money, not favor, not deals, not things. When you honor God and His things, guess what's going to happen for you? He's going to honor you. I don't care if it's a cookie or if it's a million dollars. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's the mites. It's what you got. Should we get on my subject now? I just had him on my heart today because I'm ready to see it. Do you understand that? Okay. I love him. We've been married. We've been together since we've been 14 years old. And I love him today just the same as I loved him when I was 14 years old. Now, if you don't love your spouse that way, you might check on what you've been doing. Okay? Trying to give you some help today, okay? All right, now let's go back to what we talked about last week. You ready? All right. I'm not going to talk about this morning, but I do need to say something. Some people, in spite of what I said about not sending me any letters about David... Did it anyway, because I didn't take the time to explain to you what I meant by that. What I meant was, let me explain it to you in detail so you'll understand. I knew that 
David's wife, Michal, told David, get out of here because daddy's going to kill you. And I knew that Saul gave her to another man. I can read the Bible. (laughs) And don't you think I didn't read all that before I came up here? What my point was, David was a man that had wives, and he had concubines, and he could have anybody that he wanted in the whole wide world. And he could have anything that he wanted in the whole wide world. Are we in agreement about that? How many of you is not in agreement with that? Why did he go to... He, he found out about it later when Nathan came to him about Bathsheba. We won't get into that. You took that one man's you lamb. You remember the story? We just read it. Well, he did the same thing twice. Why did he go take that man's wife? That was my point. And how can you be a man after God's own heart? I don't understand it was my point. And you don't either. How can you be a man after God's own heart and go take somebody else's wife? That was my point. Now you don't, Kate, how can you tell me you understand that? Don't look at me in that tone of voice. Because you don't understand it. All you can do is say that God is merciful. And He is love. And guess what? You can be a man after God's own heart. If he can do those kind of things, then guess what? Raise your hand. Uh Uh-huh. David was a man after God's own heart. Now we're going to go on to something else. I was not clear on what I needed to do today, and I thought, Lord, do I need to finish on with David and talk about how he sinned and you loved him and all this other stuff, and that was my plan and kind of that, what we just touched on, and I thought, yeah, we can just do that. I already got it. It'll be easy. (laughs) I've never been one for easy, though. Not my style. I'm for the Lord's plan. If it's easy, great. If it's not easy, then we just work till we get it done. Because the Lord's plan's always best. And if you do what he says, then more people will get help. So, I forget what day it was. I just fasted and I said, Lord, show me exactly what we need to do. And I was walking my certain amount of time. And uh, I won't tell you because some will think it's a little and some will think it's a lot. And um, it just dropped in me. And I think you're going to like it. It starts with people here, out there, in Branson, dealing with stuff. And basically, getting down. Basically getting, I don't want to say hurt but defeated. Um, Basically, okay, I'll call out a couple of things. Bad marriage. Bad job. 
bad kids found out your kid was gay, found out your husband was gay, found out your wife was gay. You think I'm kidding? It's happening in church. Found out your spouse was having an affair. Found out you owed a bunch of money on your taxes. Found out you didn't have the money to pay your bills. Found out just things that would just go and weigh heavy on you. Anybody ever had to deal with anything? of you remember the stories in the Old Testament about Abraham going out in the middle of the desert and when he would go out in the desert they wouldn't have any water and it would get very 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 dry out there they'd go out there and it would get so dry that they all thought they were going to die because it would get so dry so what Abraham would do is he would dig a what? a well out in the wilderness. And wells were a big deal in the Old Testament. How many of you remember all the wells in the Old Testament? We've been reading about some of it, but there were a lot of wells in the Old Testament. And they would fight over those wells because if they didn't have those wells, they would die. Their cattle would die. Everything would just dry up and shrivel up. Their crops would die. Their cattle would die. They would die without water. It was their source of supply their well. So Abraham digged wells, but when Isaac came along, the Philistines came behind them, and what did they do? They filled up the wells. So what did Isaac have to do? He had to redig wells. Or what was going to happen to him? He was going to dry up and die. So wells are pretty important things, are they not? Because they are basically, if you don't have water, how long will you survive? Not long. There's a lot of hurting people in here. And I'm going to presume that 99.9% of everybody watching, everybody in here, and everybody from Branson is saved. I'm going to presume that. What do you think? You think I'm presuming right? So what I think is, when you get saved, I'm going to quote you a few scriptures, then we'll read them along in the notes. You have, out of, he that believes, let me, let me find my verse here. I, t- I put it in here today, and then I'll get to it again in my notes. John 7, verse 38. King James. He that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, Out of his, what? Shall flow rivers of living water. Out of whose belly? 
God's. Jesus's. The Holy Spirit's. Whose belly? Raise your hand if you think he's talking about your belly. If, if I don't see your hand, I'm going to assume you're not saved. Let's see Branson. If I don't see your hand, I'm going to assume you're not saved. And I'm going to preach to you part of the time. Branson, is everybody in there saved? I'm going to assume most everybody's saved. All right, let's look out on the Internet. Some of y'all better raise your hand out there. You with us or, with, or without us? Get those hands up. Yeah, the camera guys are putting their hands up now. Okay, there we go. Have you heard anybody say over the last several years, it just seems like the church is so dry? Just seems like my life is so dry. Just seems like serving God is so dry. Raise your hand. You know, this is an interactive service. You remember? With me. Anybody heard that kind of stuff? Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that kind of stuff. And what that is, is it's exactly the same thing that happened to Abraham. The Lord showed me this just as I was walking. He said, I want you to teach on the well. And I'm like, the well? He said, yeah, your well. And I'm like, my well? It took him a little bit to get it across to me. I was a little slow. But when he did, I totally understood it. Our wells are getting filled up with dirt. Every person's in here. Whether it just be a little sprinkle of dirt because of something that's happened in your life. Or it be a big clod of dirt that stops you up immediately and completely. And you totally pull away from God. Little sprinkles that make you quit doing what you were doing for the Lord. I remember when I got saved. How many of you remember when you got saved? Was there a fire down in your belly? Is it that same fire today? Mine is. It's just like I love Keith. I love the Lord more than I did. I love Keith more than I did. Because I didn't know Keith. I didn't know the man of God he was. I love God more than I did that day when I first got saved. You know, as I was studying this, I thought about, you know, it says that the woman that had committed so many sins, she loved God more because God forgave her of more. You don't remember that? Okay. I think sometimes 
people don't ask for forgiveness. And so their well stays clotted up. And it kind of clutters them a little bit. Numbers 21, verse 16 in the NIV. Moses said, the Lord told Moses, gather the people together and give them water. Why would he tell them that? Because they had no do you remember, how many of you remember the story of Sarah and Hagar? Okay. Hagar was out under the tree and she had filled the little boy's water bottle and, and uh, they had run out of water and she was concerned they were going to die. You remember that? Okay. What did the Lord say to her? He said, lift up your eyes and look over there and there's water. The Lord will supply us water. Water is a type of spirit, life, supply. And that's what he was doing here. Look at this with me. Verse 16. From there they continued on to bear, and where the Lord said unto Moses, Gather the people together. And I will give them water. And then there Israel sang a song. How many of you ever heard this song? Spring up, O well. Sing about it. About the well that the princes dug and the nobles of the people sang. And the nobles with the scepters and the staffs. Then they went on from Manath, from the wilderness of Manath. How did they get those wells to spring up? They sat there and they moaned about not having any water. They sat there and moaned about their troubles. What did the Lord tell Moses? Gather the people together and I will give them water. I'll fix their problems. But what did they have to do? They had to think about all the problems that they had. They had to think about how bad their life was. When you got saved, put that scripture up there, He that believeth. What was it? First, uh, John seven thirty-eight, King James. Y'all stay with me up there today. Yeah, make you a note. He that believeth. How many believers do I have in here? He that believes on me out of the pastor's belly. Will flow rivers of living water. If you have a problem... How do you solve it? God is love. 
God loves you more than anything in this world. He loves you more than the angels. Do you understand that? He loves you so much that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die a horrible death just for you. Just for you. Did he know you were going to have troubles here on this earth? Did he know you were going to have to endure stuff here on this earth? Did he know you were basically going to be going through hell on earth sometimes? What did he do for you? Leave you here without recourse. Leave you here without help. He said, I'm going away, but I give you something that's better than me being here. He said, better. He said, better. What is better than having Jesus sit down in your lap? And you being able to whisper in his ear, Jesus, what do I do about this? <laughs> What's better than that? Huh? What is better than that? Having something inside of you that you can tap into like a water faucet all the time. How many of you turned on your water faucet this morning? How many of you took a shower? I hope all of you. (laughs) Or your neighbors wishing you would have. Did you just turn it on just a little trickle so it could just barely run over you? How many of you like a good strong shower? Good strong shower to wash it off and you don't have to stay in there for 45 minutes to get yourself clean. Ladies, how many of you like a good strong shower to get the soap out of your hair? Yeah. So if you just go to the Lord and you say, Praise the Lord, I believe my troubles are past. I believe I'm going to get past this and I'm going to know the answer to it. Oh, oh, praise the Lord. Lord, help me with this. And it's cold water, no less. <laughs> How many of you took a cold shower this morning? One person. Brave soul. No, you turned that water on, full blast, warm water with everything it had, and you did it. Does God like, I don't know how to explain it to you. God likes an expressive, wholehearted people. He likes us to do everything we do. Do I seem a little bit over-exaggerated to you sometimes? Because I give God my whole heart. It doesn't matter how I feel, what's going, what I had to deal with five minutes ago, 
When I do something for the Lord, you've heard Dave say it. The one reason he came to the ministry was, how many of you remember? Kevin, uh, Susan and Kevin and Jill, are, you know, they're all there, Dan. Because when he saw us, we did everything with our whole heart. With our whole heart. Why would we do that? If we miss it, it's going to be with our whole heart. It's going to be, we're going to bust it bad. But you know what? I'd rather bust it bad and miss it bad than just go, oh, thank you, Lord. And get up here with you and just go, I think I got what I'm supposed to do today. How many times have I told you I have been a little insecure when I've got up here? Have you ever seen me really act that way when I got up here? Have you ever known me to be insecure when I got up here? Rob's had to call me, Dan, where are you? Where are you, Mrs. Moore? Well, I'm having to redo my makeup because I'm throwing up. But did I act that way when I got up here? When you do something for the Lord, you wipe off your brow. It doesn't matter. What did David do when they took his family? What did David do when they took his family? He got up and he wiped his brow. And he did it with his whole heart. He started singing to the Lord. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. It didn't matter what had happened in the past. He encouraged himself in the Lord. How could he do that? Because he had life inside of him. You don't need me to encourage you in the Lord. When you come to church, it should be a booster shot. But you should, I don't get dry. Do you understand that? I don't get dry. If you're dry, it's because you didn't turn on the shower this morning. If you're dirty, why are you dirty? Why in the world would you be dirty in this generation? Why? Somebody tell me. Why would you be dirty? You didn't take a shower. It's not complicated. Why would you be dirty this morning? You didn't turn your shower on. You laid in the bed till the last minute. And you jumped up and you threw your clothes on and you got here. Well, some of you should let your body know that the most important thing that you've got going is your spirit. The most valuable thing you've got going is you building up your spirit and not blowing your brains out. Because it doesn't matter how your hair looks if you're so depressed that tomorrow you want to be dead. How long do you spend
spend taking a shower and putting on your makeup? Men, how long do you spend putting on your makeup? <laughs> how long does it take for you to put on your makeup, men? Two seconds. How long? Some men, it takes a while for them to fix their hair. Don't kid me. I've seen some of your hairs. Edward, how long does it take to fix your hair? All right. Do you understand what I'm saying? Which, that's what those scriptures are talking about. People get so confused about Corinthians when it talks about it. Let it not be the outward adorning, but let it be the inward adorning. If we don't take care of the inward adorning, we're not going to have an outward adorning. Why is there so many people committing suicide today? Why is there so many depressed Christians today? Because they're well is getting filled up with sand. Their well is getting filled up with dirt. And they've not cleaned it out. Stuff just keeps falling in it every day. They're so mixed up in this world. How dirty would your body be if since the day you were saved... Let's see who's been saved in here the longest. Somebody in the 50s or 60s. Raise your hand. 50s, 50s, 60s. How long? Uh, what, what year was that? If you don't mind telling me. 40s. From the what if you never took a shower since the 40s? Do you understand what I'm saying? What if you never took a shower? How stinky would this room be? I don't care if you came in here and you put on a nice suit and you put on some really good makeup. I've got some makeup that would look good on you. And you brushed your teeth, but you never took a shower. How rusty and corroded would you be? Which is more important, the outward man or the inward man? The inward man. Which do we spend more time on? How much time do we spend shopping on something we're going to wear? Which would be more important? That we spent that three hours at the mall or we spent that three hours singing and praying in the Spirit? Do you think we could unclog some wells in here? Do you think some people could get some victory and some joy in here? Do you think we could be less dry in here? Do you think if every person came in here with their well primed? I know, we grew up in the country, you know, and uh, 
Well, we didn't really grow up in the country. I grew up in the city. Then when I was about, uh, I'm going to say, 11 or 12 years old, um, I had ruptured appendix one July the 10th, and I almost died. And then the next year, I was in an automobile accident and was in a body cast and almost died. And, um, and I didn't know it then, but I've gotten old enough to realize when you're 11 years old, you don't, you don't realize these things. But because of those two things, I'm figuring now my mom and dad are both dead, so I can't ask them. I probably caused my mom and dad to file bankruptcy because of that, because of all the medical bills. And I look back on it now, and it just makes me want to cry because I realize, you know, my dad was self-employed. He ran a backhoe and a bulldozer service, so he probably had no insurance. And so ruptured appendix, and I was in the hospital for months because I almost died. Can you imagine what the bill was for that? And right after that, we had to move to another state, to the country, to a little bitty shack of a house. And it never crossed my mind why. My sisters probably don't know it. They probably know it now. Probably hate me now. Because we were living the high life. We were living in the city. We were living in New Orleans. We had nice cars, nice everything. Then that happened. And I never connected the dots before. Well, you should love your parents. Amen. Anyways, anyways, what was I talking about? Huh? The well. So we had a well there. And sometimes our well would just pump up sand. Anybody's well? Anybody? How many of you in here has ever had a well? Your grandmother had one, so you know about them. Anybody else in here ever had a well? I know when we moved here, we have a well at the house we're at now. Thank you, Lord. We're not on city water. You know, we're on a well. And one day it just quit. So I called Rob. Rob's, Rob's Mr. He can fix anything. And he's Mr. I can fix anything 24 hours a day. Mm. He don't like it, but he does it for me. <laughs> and Dave doesn't sell carpet anymore, but he does for me. <laughs> you know. And Dan can do anything night or day. He was at my house yesterday, him and Ethan, fixing my air conditioner because it went out. Oh. Yeah. So... I have the best people in the whole wide world. Don't tell me any different because I won't believe you. So anyway, one day I called Rob and said, Rob, something's wrong with the water. He comes over there, and I kid you not, in between the points was a lizard. A dead lizard. So we weren't getting any water. I mean, lots of things can happen to your well. You remember the woman of Samaria, Samaria. You remember that, right? Let's read it. Let's read it. John 4:14. And this is the NIV. Now he had gone through Samaria, verse 5. And he came to a town called Samaria, a town in Samaria called Sychar. 
near a plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. Here we go with wells. And Jesus tried, was t- Jesus was tired uh, from his journey, and he sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? And his disciples had gone into town to buy food. Uh, the Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For the Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God, that it is that ask you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you, what's the next two words? Everybody say it with me. Everybody on the internet say it with me. Living water. Everybody in Branson say it with me. What does living water mean? Living water means it has life in it. It's not dead. So if something is dead in your life, it means you've not been dealing with the living water inside of you. You've not been giving place to the living water inside of you. Because there's living something inside of you. You've been living with your flesh and not the living water inside of you. So let's keep on reading. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. That's when they had to draw with buckets. Aren't you glad we don't have to draw with buckets anymore? Take it into the house? Where you can get this living water. Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered. Does Jesus lie? Does Jesus lie? No. Settle that right now. Does Jesus lie? No. Is anybody in here in need? Who is your source? Who has your answers? If you need revelation, if you need wisdom, if you need comfort, if you need help, how far do you have to look? Right here. Right here. Jesus said, it is better for you if I go away. If you're hurting, you have a problem with your kids. And Jesus was standing... Rob, come here. Rob's a pretty big guy. Say he was Jesus. I know Jesus wasn't this big probably, but say he was Jesus. Okay? 
and I had a problem. And I went to him and I said, oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he said, no, it's better for you to look here. And I went to Jesus and he'd say, no, it's better for you to look here. And I went to Jesus and he said, no, it's better for you to look here. And every time I went to him, he'd say, no, it's better for you to look here. And every time I turned to him, he'd say, no, it's better for you to look here. How many of you, thanks, Rob, how many of you, when you go to God with something, you go like this? First, first thing. First thing. Don't raise your hand. He left us something better. The first place we should look for the answer. The very first place is the living Holy Spirit, the living water inside of us. He's inside of you. He will give you an answer that is perfect for you. In order to mess up or be depressed or be sad or not get what you need for your kids, for your marriage, for your job, for your life, you have got to rebel against what's inside of you. Because if you will do what's inside of you, he will tell you, Edward, get up off your butt and get in there and pray. Quit yielding to that. Quit doing that. Every time you go to do something wrong, you have someone living inside of you. It's like I'm standing with Edward, God forbid, 24 hours a day. Watching everything he does. And I say, Edward, you know better than that. Stop it. You know better than that. Don't think that, Edward. Even in his thoughts. Even in his actions. Nobody knows you better. Nobody is wiser. People are looking to the world for their answers. You need money? He'll say, have you thought about getting a patent for this idea that you had? Amen. Have you thought about it? You ought to check on it. Mm-hmm. It's a good idea. I gave you that idea. Mm-hmm. That came from me. Amen. Why are we looking to the world to pat us on the back and give us the answers? What psychiatrist or psychologist is better than God. Jesus said, verse 13. Read that first word with me. No, verse 13. John 4, 14, NIV. Everyone. Say everyone. everyone. Say everyone means me. Everyone means me. 
Everybody didn't say that. Say everyone. Everyone. Everyone means me. Everyone means me. Everybody out there on the internet. Say everyone. Everyone. Everyone means me. Everyone means me. Now point your finger at yourself. Say everyone. Everyone. Means me. Means me. Everyone who drinks this water will never be thirsty again. So if you're dry, why? You're not giving place to the one inside of you. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst again. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Who controls the faucet in your house? Who controlled how hard it was this morning and what temperature you made it? Did your spouse get in there and say, no, you're taking a cold shower this morning? (laughs) And you can only have this much water today? Most likely not. You might have somebody that's really controlling if you do leave them. (laughs) If they made you take a shower just like that this morning, you might want to check on that. They're that controlling. Yeah, I said it. Because they're doing more than that. You'll never thirst again. But you have to control the faucet. Now, I'm going to give you a couple of things here. And no laughing. And then we're going to... We're going to let me do this first. When Keith and I started the ministry, we asked the Lord, every ministry has a logo. Right? Every ministry. We have this for the church. But Keith and I started our ministry back in 80, 81, 82. I can't remember exactly when it was. I could ask Karen, but you know. Anyway, we started it on this verse. John 10.10. Put it up there for me in the Amplified. I think you all know it. We've discussed it before. But this is our verse. John 10.10 in the Amplified. The thief. Who's the thief? The devil. Comes only in order to steal, kill, and destroy. He's stealing your joy. He's killing your life. He's destroying things. He's filling your well. That's the devil. But Jesus came. Why? Why did Jesus come? To correct the church. To preach politics. To solve everything for you. He came for one reason. This is it. People a lot of times want to pretend that they know Jesus and all this other stuff. But read the Bible. 
Okay, here, here's what it says. I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in If you're depressed and you're worried about your kids and you're worried about your job and you're worried about your marriage and you're worried about your finances and you're worried about all this stuff, then you don't have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. You've been thinking about it too much. You can't fix your life. Amen. When you get saved, your job is to give your life to the Lord. You become a new creation. You give your life to the Lord and you take on His nature and begin doing what He wants you to do. But if you get saved and you take back on your old life and you continue doing what you always did, what's going to happen? Your life will be exactly the same. Nothing will change. You will still be depressed. You'll still have problems. Everything will be the the same. It's just like a marriage. When you walk down that aisle... To get saved, your life changes. Women, especially, well, men too. I say women, but men too. When you walk down that aisle to get saved, how many of you's life changed when you got married? Raise your hand up real high so everybody around you can see it. Don't be ashamed. How many of your life changed when you got married? Two hands. <laughs> Two hands. Two hands. You couldn't eat when you wanted to. You couldn't sleep when you wanted to. You couldn't go where you wanted to. You couldn't do what you wanted to. Did it change? The Lord compares getting saved to marriage. When you get saved... You no longer get to do what you want to, when you want to, how you want to, where you want to. And the reason people's lives stay in the mess that they are is because they don't change because they can't see their husband. And they won't listen to him. They won't spend any time with him. He's an invisible husband. But you have to spend time with him to hear from him. My husband's gone all the time. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. But do you know what? Shara, your husband's gone a lot of the time. Catherine, where's Catherine? She in here this morning? She's over there. Your husband's gone a lot of the time. Now, if we, her husband's a pilot, her husband's with Keith all the time, if we, didn't see our husbands, they're basically invisible right now. Right? They're basically invisible. If we went off, started doing what we wanted to while they were gone, they'd be gone two weeks. Are they coming back? I don't know. I think I want to go spend a bunch of money. I think I want to go to this place. 
I think I want to do this. I think I want to watch this. I think I want to go there. I think I want to go sleep with this person. I think I want to gain 200 pounds. You're laughing. I can't see him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I going to be a blessing to him when he comes home if he's got to clean up a bunch of messes? What kind of blessing is that? Huh? Just because you're married to the Lord and you can't see Him? Just because you've got a husband that you can't see don't mean he can't see you. And don't mean he's not expecting you to do certain things while he's not here on the earth. Don't mean you're not going to have to answer to him when you see him. When Keith comes in today, he's going to want to know what went on while he was gone. Now, I talked to him on the phone yesterday for two and a half hours. And he didn't want to hang up when I talked to him then. But I was trying to study. But he's going to want to know everything that went on while I was gone. Did Robin make progress on this? Did they get this done in Branson? Did they get the mail out done? Did this happen? Did this happen? Did this happen? What what happened while I was gone? Am I going to be answerable to him when he gets back? Does the Scripture say that only pastors are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ? The Lord loves us. He sent His Son to die. I don't know how to explain it to you. He loves you more than you know. He wants you to have His very best. Keith would give me anything he had. He's constantly saying, Phil, you want to go somewhere? Phil, can I take you someplace? Phil, you want to go on vacation? Phil, you want to do this? Phil, can I get you something? Phil, what can I buy you? Non-stop. You want to go to the islands? You want to go to someplace cold? You want to go overseas? What, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Nothing. We got work to do, darling. You got to get in faith school next week. You got to do this. What's my priority in life? We've got a job to do. We'll get to play later. What's your job? He loves you. If you're depressed and you're down and you're concerned about your kids, let me show you our logo. They have it. Anybody ever seen that? The three tears are overflowing. They stand for spirit, soul, and body. Bottom one, spirit. Middle one, soul. Top one body. It should be smaller. And it should always be overflowing. And it's a continual fountain. Water's coming in it. That should be our lives. 
let me give you this. And then we're going to read one more scripture and then they're going to sing us a song. I bet you can't guess which one it is. Let me read you this because I think it was so funny. And um, we're going to act on it. Um, Jeremiah says this and then I'll read you the other. Jeremiah says, this is what the Lord, Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. We might want to make an adjustment where things are concerned. If you don't have this marked in your Bible, you might want to mark it. Jeremiah 17, 5 through 8. This is what the Lord says. Cursed is the one who trusts in man. What did that say? Cursed is the one who trusts in man. How many of you want to be cursed? We want to trust in the Lord, right? Who draws strength from mere flesh. Whose heart turns away from the Lord. That person will be like a brush in the wastelands. They will not see prosperity when it comes. They will dwell in the parched places of the desert. In the salt land where no one lives. But blessed. How many of you want to be blessed? Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water. Who sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. Have your leaves dried up? Have you been feeling like you're a little dry? It has no worries. Repeat that after me. It has no worries in the year of drought. It never fails to bear fruit. Say, that's me. That is me. I'm blessed. I have no worries. And I never fail to bear fruit. Because I'm planted by the river. And I know who my source is. And it's right in here. If I ever get dry, I know what to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. Anybody want to know how to prime their pump? Anybody in here ever had to prime a pump? If you don't know how to prime a pump, I'm about to tell you. And the very same thing you will find out is real close to what you have to do spiritually. Keith laughed at me. I read him this yesterday. He laughed at me. He said, Phil, where do you get this stuff? I said, only from the Lord. Only from Him. Prime the pump. Steps to priming a pump. Number one, turn the pump off and disconnect it from all electrical outlets. How do we prime your pump? We turn it off and disconnect it from everything electrical. Huh? Huh? Write that down. How do we prime your pump? Number one, we 
we turn the pump off and we disconnect it from everything electrical. Now, I got this off the Internet. You're welcome to look it up. It says the same thing for you. I didn't make this up. Robin, Dan, you tell me if I'm wrong about this as we go along, okay? All right. Inspect the pump and the connectors for damage or cracking. You got any problems? See what's going on in your life. Stop. Assess your life. What direction you been going? You been going this way with the Lord? You been going this way? Did you get cracks somewhere? Assess your life. Inspect it. What's been going on? Where do you how did you get here? Number 3. I thought this one was really good. Locate and remove the prime plug, which is usually at the head of the pump. You've got to locate and remove your head and get to the head. You've got to remove your head and you've got to get to the head. Remove that plug and get to the head. Now, are you paying attention? This seems lot un- unnatural for a prime and a plug, but it's exactly what we need to do. We need to unplug our heads and hook it back up to that head. Do you understand? We're going to prime these dry pumps. If you've ever been dry... If you ever heard it, ever had a tendency to get dry, if you ever had a tendency to get depressed, if you ever had a tendency to worry, don't tell me you ain't worried. I can see it on your faces. Don't tell me you ain't stressed. I can see it on people's faces. What's those, all those wrinkles for? What's all those gray hairs for? Edward shaved his off so he didn't have to think about the gray hairs anymore. <laughs> Stress. I can pick on Edward. He knows I love him. Open the release valves and prevent the pressure buildup. Let go of it. Let go of your worries. Let go of your stresses. Let go of your strife. Let it go. You've heard it said all your life. Give it to God. You can't handle it anyway. Give it to the Lord. Let go of the pressures. You can't fix it anyway. Like Brother Hagin used to say, you can't fix a gnat's wing or a fly's eyeball. You can't fix anything. Let go of it. Then here's the good part. We've got a couple more. Find a clean hose. A hose is most commonly used... To redo a pump, you can use a large water bottle or a bucket, but a hose is best. So you're getting ready. All right? Use the hose 
turn it wide open, find an application that matches the source that you'll be using it for. In other words, if you use a well pump for drinking water, you might want to use the same source. In other words, yeah. In other words, if you can sing, sing. If you can pray, pray. Find a source that suits you. Do you understand? Find what suits you. Singing, anybody can sing. It's like he says, you, maybe you shouldn't record like me, but you can sing like we did that day in the service. Okay, don't send us the recording. Maybe you shouldn't be on the platform, but you can sing. Okay? Do it with all your might. Run it through. Let it run. Fill it up. Fill it up. How do you know when you're full? That's a good one. That's a good one. But it co- it'll come out your nose. It'll come out your ears. It'll come out your mouth. It'll start coming out just like that. You can't hold it in. It starts coming out. If it ain't coming out, listen to what the next one says. It says reconnect the pump, see if it works. So if you, if you get up and you still got mind thoughts or problems, listen to what the last one says. Repeat the process. Repeat the process. That's it. There you go. That is exactly it. Repeat the process. Hey, some of you should be following him. That is exactly right. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yes. 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 Glory to God. 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 I've got one last verse and they're going to sing. We're going to sing with them. It says, well, we've read it four times, but I want to read it to anybody that's not saved in here today. We'll have the guys come up here later, but I want us to sing first. John 4, 14. Whoever drinks the water that I give, he shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him, in him, is a water springing unto everlasting life. There's nothing that you need in this life that you cannot get the help, the answers, the love, the revelation, the wisdom from right inside of you. Inside of you. Some of you, if you've got little sand particles, a water hose will blow it right out. 
Do you understand? We've primed pumps before. I've seen it happen. If you've got a big old hard dirt clod, it's going to take some repeating. Do you understand? Or if you've been this way since 1940, and you ain't ever done this, and you ain't ever taken a shower, you may have some really hard clots in your well. And you may take need some force to bring them out. You may have to get out in your yard and sing and sing and sing and shout and dance and yell and run. Some of you are too embarrassed about what other people think. Answers, he's going to get them. That's the way you unclog a well. I get up sometimes in the morning and I dance around my bed and I shout and my little puppies just look at me. Or my little girl dog, Jordan can tell you, Rachel can tell you, she'll just dance with you. She'll just twirl in circles. Some of you need to loosen up a little bit. God loves an expressive people. You may be reserved, but it's doggone time you become unreserved for the Lord. He sees you. He knows you. If you've got to get in your bathroom and turn the shower on and the water on, you've got to shout to the Lord. You better unclog that pump. You better unclog that well. So we're going to sing. You need to shout. You need to dance. You need to run. You need to do whatever is necessary. Get that, get that well starting to unclog. Can you say amen? Go ahead, guys.